great to have you in God's house. We continue our Christmas series, Christmas at the Movies, and this morning we are in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 and following, and it is the story of the first Christmas. In those days, the decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid them in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swathed clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts and minds this morning. Well, again, welcome. We continue our series, Christmas at the Movies. And a couple weeks ago, we looked at Home Alone 2 and found out that we were not home alone. And this week, we look at The Grinch this morning. And uh, as I said, Christmas for Savannah and I involves many things. And uh, Christmas movies is one of them. We just enjoy. After Thanksgiving dinner and uh, maybe one Thanksgiving movie, we jump into the Christmas movies and uh, just enjoy that. And one of our favorites is The Grinch. I don't know. How many people enjoy The Grinch out there? How many people think that maybe they could be The Grinch on occasion? All right. And uh, I don't know if you have some favorites, but uh, by a show of hands, how many people like the book by Dr. Seuss, The Best of All? Yes, it's a classic. I love it. And, uh, and what about the first animated version? That movie is so, so charming. And then uh, how, any Jim Carrey fans of that version? Yeah, not so much me neither. And, and then in 2021, during COVID, there was the, the live Broadway version. I don't know if you saw that. That was an interesting, I'm going to just call it interesting, if you look on Twitter and see the comments there. But my daughter and I's favorite one is the one in 2018, the new animated version. Anybody with that new animated? It's just, it's just uh, like the old one, only got some little more sparkle to it, and it's just so much fun. But whatever, whatever version that you like, I think that the Grinch is a, is a favorite because there's some truths that are really special. We've noticed that a lot of these Christmas movies tap in to the original Christmas story for some of the magic that they have. And so I invite you to walk back into The Grinch again. And uh, you recall the story of The Grinch. And The Grinch lives high up on the mountaintop away from people. Why? Because The Grinch hates people <laughs> in general. 
And uh, he lives there with his dog, Max, and they only go down to the town down below, which is called Whoville, when they need food. Otherwise, they're up in the mountaintop. And, and the thing that the Grinch hates even more than people is the Grinch hates Christmas. Why? Because it's about people and it's about love. And we're told the reason that the Grinch hates people and the Grinch hates Christmas is because that when the Grinch was young, something happened to them that sort of wounded him emotionally and his heart shrank two sizes too small. Now, can't you relate a little bit to that maybe? Anyone out there besides me that maybe had a wound when you were a child or even as an adult that sometimes makes Christmas hard? Uh, or, you know, maybe it was a, a parent wound or something at school or for some it was just the loss of a loved one. Sometimes our heart shrinks instead of opening up. And so the Grinch, the Grinch's heart shrunk two sizes, and therefore he hates people and he hates Christmas. And the Grinch has determined that he, that he will never go down to the Whoville, especially when there's Christmas. Well, he wakes up one morning, he and his dog, only to find out that all the cupboards are bare. There's absolutely no food in his, in his little castle on the hill. And uh, he has no choice but to go down to Whoville in order to get groceries. And so he gets with his dog, Max. <laughs> it's a great, a great companion. And he tells Max, who does kind of like Christmas, uh, that they're going to go to Whoville, but they are not going to look to the left or the right. They're going to go straight down the streets. They are not going to look at any of the Christmas decorations. They're not going to listen to any of the Christmas um, music that's playing. And they are, they are not going to wish anyone Merry Christmas. And so with that, they set off down the mountain and they come into Whoville. And Everywhere they go, they're bumped into people who wish them Merry Christmas, and uh, he knocks some decorations down, and people still wish them Merry Christmas, and uh, so they get their groceries, and everything is all about Merry Christmas, the lights and everything, and the Grinch is just gritting his teeth at everything that's going on, and they even go and they see this uh, giant sleigh on the top of this house, and they try to steal it, and uh, it just turns into this disaster, and the guy still wishes them Merry Christmas, and the Grinch gets up to his house up in the mountains, and he just loathes everything about it, and he decides what he's going to do is to try to steal Christmas. Man, how mean is all of that? And I want to just sort of flip over to the original story, the Christmas story. And there's so many charming things about the Christmas story that just touches our hearts and lives. And there's Mary and Joseph who have to go from Nazareth in the worst time of the year to go to Bethlehem uh, for a census that's being taken. They had no choice about that. And they didn't have the opportunity that we have today to call ahead or to use the internet to make reservations. So there they are wandering the streets at night, can't find a place to uh, find a room. And there is Mary ready to have a child, a baby. And, uh, and Father, they come to this one inn, and they knock on the door, and the innkeeper opens the door. Don't some of us think that that innkeeper is a bit of a Grinch? Don't we secretly think that that original innkeeper is a bit of a Grinch, a bit of a sour sort of a fellow? But was he really? We really don't know much about that innkeeper. It's interesting but for most of us, we've kind of wondered, maybe this guy is sour and he just, you know, we didn't want to deal with it and he just put him in a stable. But what if, what if that that innkeeper that night really had an inn that was full of people, that all the rooms were booked and all the rooms were taken and 
There was no room left, not even any, any room at all. And so he opened the door to Mary and Joseph, and he gave them the best that he had, which was a, a stable with a manger in it, and pushed aside some of the cattle and donkeys and sheep and everything that was in there and made room for Mary and for Joseph and for baby Jesus to be born. What if that innkeeper that first night opened the door to his home and to the stable, to all that he had, and a great miracle happened because as he opened the door, he also opened his heart. I like to think so. I would love to meet that innkeeper sometime. Well, flip back to the story of the Grinch. So the Grinch hatches this plan. He's going to take Max's dog, and he's going to take this sleigh, and he decides he's going to go into Whoville in the middle of the night on Christmas Eve, and he's going to steal all the presents, all the decorations, everything that's making music, everything that makes Christmas, and he's going to just put it in the face of all the citizens of Whoville and have enough of this whole Christmas thing. And uh, they go in search on the newest one. They go in search of a reindeer by the name of Fred, who helps him. But then Fred has to leave because he finds out that he's uh, you know, got a, a female reindeer and a baby reindeer, and so that's uh, charming. And so it's up to Max to pull the sleigh. And so Max charges down with the sleigh and Grinch riding it into Whoville, and they begin in the middle of the night to pack away all the Christmas decorations in this whole town in this giant bag, all the presents the Grinch steals into the houses, into the chimneys, into the windows, steals all these presents, and then goes to the very last house. And it happens to be the home of Cindy Lou, whose mom is a, is a single mom. She's a nurse and works long hours, and she worked very hard to plan out Christmas. And Cindy Lou wants to talk to Santa. Anyone else want to talk to Santa? And so she's decided, devised this plan where, whereby she's going to have a cookie, cookie there for Santa, and it's booby-trapped. She's a good engineer. <laughs> and she's got it so that it goes, going to pull Santa up. And so the Grinch is tired and hungry, and he sees that cookie, and he grabs the cookie, and bam, he gets taken up into this uh, booby trap hanging from the ceiling. And then Cindy Lou lets him down. And she sees that he's taking all the presents, and and he says, she asks him, why he's taking all the presents? And he says, well, he's going to repair them. <laughs> Lies to little Cindy Lou, the cutest little girl in the world, by the way. And then the Grinch, who's dressed up as Santa, and asks her why she wanted to trap Santa. And she says, well, it's not because she wants any kind of a present. She wants to talk to Santa because she wants to make sure that her mom has a good Christmas. She's worried about her mom, who's a single mom, who's a nurse that works at night and long hours, and her mom does everything she can to care for other people, and she just wants her mom to be happy. What a beautiful moment. And the Grinch is sort of touched by that, and he ushers uh, Cindy Lou off to bed and uh, finishes stealing the Christmas gifts and heads out to town, pushes this sleigh with the help of Max up to the top of the mountain, and there he start to push it over this cliff so that all the Christmas presents will be lost over this cliff. And then it's early Christmas morning by the time he's doing this. And all the Whoville citizens have woken up to find out that all the presents have been taken and all the decorations taken down and all the glitter and glisten and sparkle and silver is gone. 
But nevertheless, they gather in the town square and they begin to sing the most beautiful song that echoes up through the mountains. And the Grinch hears this and he realizes that he didn't steal Christmas at all. All he did was steal some decorations and some presents. The spirit of Christmas is alive and all the more because there's such clarity about it. And in that moment, we are told that the Grinch's heart grew three sizes bigger and it burst with love. And Christmas came pouring down in love to the Grinch. And there he is holding this sleigh full of all the presents and decorations from Whoville. And he's trying to get it up the cliff before it goes down and he isn't strong enough. And Max grabs him and uh, they try to pull it up. And in the newest version, Fred, the moose, reindeer, whatever, comes along and uh, helps him. And they pull it up and then the Grinch sails on down the sleigh into Whoville and he gives all the presents back and all the decorations back. And uh, he makes a confession to all the people there and apologizes for what he did because his heart had been wounded as a, as a child. And, uh, and he lost the love of Christmas and the love of people. But then he rediscovered it when he heard the song and saw that he couldn't steal Christmas because Christmas is more than presents. And Christmas is bigger than all the decorations. And the spirit of Christmas was alive. And he found that the Whoville people welcomed him and embraced him and forgave him. And so the, the Grinch and Max head back up to the castle in the sky. And the Grinch thinks maybe that's just the way it is. And I just want to pause for a moment there to ask you about open the door of your heart in life. That innkeeper, that first night, Really, it could have been any stranger at the door, but the innkeeper opened the door of the inn, welcomed him into the stable, all that he had. And because of that, the innkeeper experienced the most miraculous Christmas of all. The first Christmas, the innkeeper got to witness the baby Jesus being born in the manger. The innkeeper got to see the Mary and, and Joseph, got to see the shepherds come in and tell about the angels and later the magi that innkeeper experienced the wonder of Christmas like none of us ever had before. Because the innkeeper was willing to open the door and to open his heart. And I wonder where you are today, whatever wounds you've experienced from the past, whatever wounds you've experienced in life, and maybe your heart has shrunk up a little bit. But maybe if you'll just open the door and open your heart, then Allow God's love to come in and to give you a new sense of the wonder of God's love and the wonder of our Creator has come as one of us, Emmanuel, God with us, to bring us love like no other on this Sunday when we think about love. Open the door and open your heart. Well, there the Grinch is, and the Grinch is up there in his home, and he hears a knock at the door. And he wonders who it might be. He opens the door, and who's there but Cindy Lou. And Cindy Lou invites the Grinch, of all people, to come to her home for dinner, where mom's making dinner and friends are there, and the Grinch has never been to a Christmas dinner before. And he is overwhelmed. So the Grinch and Max head down to the Cindy Lou's home, where Cindy Lou's mom has prepared all this, and they allow the Grinch the honor of carving the Christmas ham for the day. And he's overwhelmed. And there's love 
like there's never been love in the Grinch's heart before. And I wonder this morning, wherever you are in your journey of faith, if you don't need to open the door and open your heart just a little bit wider for God's love of Christmas to come in and to heal the wounds from the past, to bring you a renewed joy, to bring you a love of God and to bring you a love for people and to allow you to share that love. I love that scripture verse that was read earlier by Jeff that says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him or her and to eat with them and to be with them and to fellowship with them. That's beautiful, isn't it? Now, it's interesting because back at this ancient time of the first Christmas, there was only one door handle on a door, and that was on the inside of the door. And the reason for that was in a time where people didn't have alarms and even telephones to call the police or whatever, the security was that basically there was no door handle, no latch on the outside. And so if someone knocked at a door, it had to be you that opened the door from the inside. And God's love is such that, and so powerful, but yet so gentle, that God allows us the decision whether to let God into our hearts and lives. God is indeed knocking at the door of our heart and life. But God needs us to open the door of our heart and of our life so God can come in to us, so that we can experience God's love anew and to share that love with others. And how do we open the door of our heart and life to God? Well, I think there's lots of ways this Christmas. Certainly one is to worship as we open our heart and life, to read God's scripture as we open God's word. Martin Luther used to say that, that God's word is like a manger, and we open God's word, we can see the baby Jesus if we'll simply listen to God's voice and hear God's voice whisper to us. We can also listen to Christmas music, that opens our hearts and lives. I know there's concerts all around. There's a concert today. We have a cantata next Sunday and lots of beautiful music. But to listen to it not as a performance, but as the voice of God's love come to our hearts and our lives in a, in a new way. God wants to make this Christmas special for you. Whatever wounds you've had early in life or later in life, the loss of loved ones that we've all had, but know that God's love comes to us as our creator, our maker, but also the one who comes to us in a baby, born in Bethlehem to share our, our hurts, our pain, our wounds, and to bring the good news of God's love. So that's one way. And the second way, I think, is also that you and I also are given the opportunity to open the doors of our hearts and lives to maybe to a stranger, where we might show God's love in a new way that might change their life as we share God's love. And I love it when Jesus says this in Matthew 25, Jesus says, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whenever you did it to one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did it unto me. Isn't that beautiful? That you and I sometimes in sharing a moment of care and love to a perfect stranger might actually be sharing God's love with 
an angel. The writer of Hebrews reminds us sometimes that we have entertained angels unaware, so always show hospitality. But regardless, we can show God's love to those in need, those simply hurting, those who are wounded even like we ourselves have been from time to time, and to remind them that, that God loves them. So this Christmas, open your heart and life to God's love. Open the door to someone new. Know that as you do that, God is at work in you. I'm going to close with this story, which is a favorite of mine. William Willimon, who is a Methodist pastor, uh, early in his career, he's in a church, small church in rural Carolina, and um, he was in a small town. And one day, just before Christmas time, he was at a church council late at night, been a long day, lots of things to do. And at the church council meeting that night, things didn't go well. Argument kind of broke out. No argument quite like a church argument. And so uh, he just felt so discouraged at the end of that meeting. And one of his responsibilities was to change the church sign. You know, the old-fashioned kind where you put the letters in and, uh, and do it out there. Hope the wind doesn't blow. I've done that myself a number of times. And uh, so he's out there changing the church sign in the darkened night after this uh, hard day and uh, feeling quite discouraged. And the stranger walks, comes walking down the street there, and uh, stranger dressed in jeans and a flannel shirt, got a beard. And, and the stranger says, young man, I just want to tell you you're doing a, a great job at this church as pastor. And the and, uh, woman said, well, thank you. I really need that tonight of all nights. <laughs> hasn't been the best day, so thanks so much. And then as the man was walking off, he said, well, by the way, what's your name? And the guy turned around and said, my name is Jesus, and walked off. <laughs> and Willem had just thought, oh, man, of all the perfectly crazy days, you know? Uh, and so he goes even more discouraged to his wife, opens the door, and uh, she asked him, how's your day, dear? And he said, honey, you won't believe it's so bad. He said, you know, it was a long, hard day. Then there was an argument at the church council, and then I was out changing the church sign in the night, and uh, this guy comes along and says, listen, you're doing a really good job as pastor here, and uh, which was great. But then I asked him his name, and he said, my name is Jesus. He said, you know, this is the craziest day ever. I'm just going to go to bed. <laughs> Forget about it. Oh, he goes to bed. He turns out the light. A little while later, his wife comes in. She lays down next to him, and she said, well, he said, yes, honey. She said, how do you know that wasn't Jesus? Amen. How do you know it wasn't Jesus? And the people that you've opened the door to in your life, the people that you shared a good word to, the people you've shared love with. This Christmas, I invite you to not be like the old Grinch, but like the new Grinch, whose life is restored and made new. And whatever your wounds are, know that God is here to heal them. If you just open the door of your heart and life, and then in turn, open the door to God's love to someone else in need who needs a word of encouragement, who needs a hug of love, needs someone to understand that in the midst of tears of our life sometimes and the brokenness of our life, that God is there, our creator, as Emmanuel God with us, the one who loves us like no other. Amen? Amen. Will you join me in prayer? Lord, we thank you for the Christmas story. There is no story quite so beautiful as the Christmas story, nor any story so profound about your love for us. So Lord, help us to open our hearts and lives to your story of love. Help us to share the story of love to others near and far as we ourselves allow that 
store to change our lives because your love is the only thing that changes life. We pray this in Christ's name and all God's people said, Amen.